Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It's Tuesday evening. I can't remember the last time we did a podcast on Tuesday night, Richie. But we're here. We're a couple days late, but here nonetheless. How are you doing, man? How was your weekend? Good. Uh, got to celebrate the birthday weekend. The wife took me out to a really nice uh, steakhouse right here in Restaurant Row and Dr. Phillips. Shout out Big Finn. They don't pay the bills, but they do have outstanding food. Um, but yeah, overall, just a, a pretty chill Sunday. Got to watch some football. Excited for the Super Bowl next weekend. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. How about you, man? I know you had a busy weekend. It was busy. We went to Tallahassee this weekend, took the kids to that basketball game on Saturday afternoon. Um, had a good time. I know that uh, the game ended poorly. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then we we originally pushed our podcast from Sunday to last night. And then I spent the entire day yesterday and you know half the day today just kind of in bed. Uh, I've got a you know huge thing of water here trying to rehydrate again and everything else. So just have been pretty under the weather, but hoping to uh, hoping to power through um, the pod tonight. So we're a little late on the schedule talk, but we're going to talk about it anyway um, and get after it. Talk a little about the schedule, talk about some recruiting news, and then um, get out of here. Maybe not take too long, um, but try and get you guys some thoughts and share some different things with you. So appreciate you guys for hanging out. Um, of course, as always, shout out to our friends over at Guthrie's. Stopped by Guthrie's on Monroe when I was in town, of course. Um, when you go to either 1818 West Tennessee or 2550 North Monroe, make sure you tell them that Double Fries No Sloss sent you. We appreciate them for their support. Uh, Richie, let's jump right into schedule talk. Before we do that, I do want to give some love to the Seminole Experience. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them or not, but this entire schedule talk is going to be brought to you by Seminole Experience and Revel XP. They are the folks that help us put on our tailgate. Uh, when we do our tailgates, we just launched the tickets tonight um, over at eventbrite.com. But if you go to SeminoleExperience.com, you can look at their different tailgate packages. You can look at different things that they have going on, whether it be the Coca-Cola tailgate zone, whether it be the tailgate packages like we do, if it's maybe for a game that we're not tailgating at. Um, they've got really, really good packages, and we've used them for years. Really great folks that we enjoy working with. So check them out. Harlan, is that video rolling? I'm not sure if it is or not. Um, you can put your deposit down to reserve spots today. If you are looking for anything from the spring game all the way through to that Miami or North Alabama game at the end of the year, they also do awesome deals on events for your business or group in which you can rent space on the field inside of Doak, Dick Hauser, different meeting rooms, a lot, wherever you're looking, all connected to FSU Athletics. Go to SeminoleExperience.com. Appreciate them for their support. SeminoleExperience.com, Rebel XP. All right, Richie, let's get after it. Schedule released. You guys know it by this point, and you know what it is, but LSU – Roll into the Southern Miss game, right? Then, like we told you a couple of, like a week or so ago, BC would be that week three. And then the one that you maybe alluded to. You said that you thought there was a really good chance that Florida State would play Clemson early because there might be a rematch late. I've got some thoughts on the schedule. I want to dog on the ACC just a little bit, but what were your initial thoughts when you saw this first month of uh, Boston College and Clemson to start it out? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're you brought Jordan Travis, Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, Trey Benson. A lot of these guys came back that normally would not have if there was no NIL, right? And they came back for the sole reason of trying to make the college football playoff. 
well, we'll have a really good idea by the end of September if that uh, goal is still achievable. You know, I, I don't want to give the ACC too hard of a time for putting it, setting it up this way, because the ACC didn't choose to bring LSU on your schedule. They didn't choose for you to allow that game to end up in Orlando instead of Tallahassee. But I kind of like the first month, because by the end of September, we're going to have a very good idea. Are these playoff hopes still alive? And... Uh, you know, the ACC championship hopes are not going to be dead uh, unless you, you know, inexplicably lose to Boston College in Clemson back-to-back. Then you're, you're, you're in big trouble. But honestly, I didn't mind the, the first part of the schedule. You know, you look at what's happening, LSU and Orlando. That was what Florida State's doing. You know, Southern Miss, again, the, another game Florida State scheduled. Uh, you get Boston College. They have Holy Cross the week before. Then you get Clemson. They have FAU the week before. So kind of a tune-up game for Clemson, but they won't be tested heading into that game. Cape Klubnik won't be you know tested necessarily heading into that game. And I think Clemson will be much better by late October, early November than they will be in September. So I'm actually okay with this. And I, and I know a lot of fans disagree with me and possibly even you, TJ. How about you, man? What, do you, what are your thoughts on September? Yeah, so I... Th- so to me, again, yeah, the ACC didn't schedule LSU early, and I definitely get that side of it, right? But I do think the other aspect that you can maybe look at is they certainly knew how tough LSU would be for Florida State early, and I think they made, I don't know, I think they made September and November really tough on FSU the way they stacked things. I think there are arguments that you could make for anything, and I think you could say, yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point. Getting Clemson early maybe gets them before they get in a rhythm, but you're going to have to beat them late in the year anyway, so that maybe that matters, maybe that doesn't. Um, but I, you know, I think the way it sets up is you've got your toughest two games on the schedule in September, and then I think you've got your next three toughest games at the end of the year, all within a four-week stretch, um, with at Pitt and then two rivalry games. I know that Miami's still not a very good team and I really don't expect Florida to be very good, but anytime you're taking on a couple of rivals in pretty short order and a tough road game at Pitt, I don't know. I I think that uh, I wanted to avoid playing Pitt in November, which we'll get to October and November in a little bit. We're not going to do that. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like Clemson this early. You're right though. Like when you look at it and you really just kind of lay it out there, you know, my biggest fear is that if you were to say you were to lose the opener to LSU, yeah, um, and then that Clemson game is like in October, you've got a lot of time to re- rebuild goodwill to where that Clemson game it definitely matters. But if you lose two games in four weeks, which I don't anticipate Florida State does, I I think they win both those games. But like you said, it would suck if we had all the hype that we're going to have for the next nine months, and then well eight months I guess February is about to be here. It would suck if we had all the hype that we're about to have for the next eight months and then literally by September 23rd know that our season is effectively over. Not that we couldn't fight back for the ACC or not that without some chaos, maybe you could have a, a dream, rea- you know, get into the playoffs. But I mean, yeah, that, I certainly don't think they did us a lot of favors with that. I guess the positive side of that is if you do go 4-0, like if you start the season beating LSU I don't want to say it's a cakewalk the rest of the year, but as tough as October was last year, October is easy this year. I, and I hate to just, you know, down teams or say that I'm, you know, 
talk bad about teams this early, but when you flip the page to October and you look at the fact that it's Virginia Tech coming off a bye, Virginia Tech, I would love for the bye to be a little more strategically placed just for what it's worth. Um, two weeks for Vatek, the worst team in the conference, is a little disappointing. Um, Vatek, Syracuse, Duke, who I know had a good year last year but doesn't really worry me a ton, and Wake Forest, I mean, that, that needs to be a 4-0 month, without a doubt. And so, as tough as I think September and November could potentially be, it's nice, I guess, that October, the middle of the year, shouldn't be as tough as it was last year. Yeah, if, if you get out of September 3-1, and one, you feel really good about where you stand. And I personally think that LSU game is the most important game on the schedule just because the pressure on that Clemson game, if you already have a loss, is going to be through the roof. But as you said, you get to October, you get three straight home games. And man, I hate this for local businesses, you know, the Guthrie's, the Garden and Golds of the world, because it's tough to get to Tallahassee three straight weeks. But strictly from a schedule standpoint, wins and losses, zero excuses to lose any of those games. And at Wake Forest, they lost a ton of people. Sam Hartman's in South Bend now. There's no excuse to not go 4-0 unless you just have a massive injury crisis uh, to include your quarterback, you know, verse, etc. That sets up really nicely. So that first month is key. And my goodness, TJ, if you get through that first month 4-0, I mean, are we buying tickets to Houston at that point? Because <laughs> I, I, I get the, the last month of November. We'll go through it here shortly. It, it sets up pretty rough, in my opinion, um, especially if Miami and Florida can find something. But, yeah, that, that Virginia Tech-Syracuse-Duke. Um, Virginia Tech has Pitt the week before. Syracuse is at UNC, and Duke has NC State the week before. None of those games are, you know, tune-up games by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, October, for as rough as September is, they make up for it with October being <laughs> pretty easy, about the easiest you can ask for in a Power 5 conference. Yeah, no, I, I really like the way that October sets up. And that's where, again, we're looking at things, you know, eight months in advance, and we'll see kind of what things look for. When we did kind of our idea of, oh, well, this would be the most ideal schedule, that's why I think I wanted to move one of the tougher games from – either end of the schedule to yeah. maybe balance it out some. Cause I do think you have got, you got a few layups there in October, but again, like you said, you go four and zero or even three and one in September, you really should be coming out of October at seven and one or eight and up. And yeah. so you, you go, you're, you're at eight and zero, and you got to travel to Pittsburgh. That's not going to be an easy game. Uh, you get to come home against Miami Obviously, you'll beat North Alabama, and then you go to Gainesville, right? And, and you always play the, the Gators at the end so that, you know, nothing was going to change there. But I do like the way that October sets up. I think that November has the chance to be really tricky. I don't love the idea of playing Pitt in cold weather, but at the end of the day, you are a better team than them. And so you just got to go out and be a better team and that just be what it is. Um, I really like, um, you know, my. I think there are pros and cons to playing Miami late. I think that they'll either have things kind of figured out. You know, the, the pro of playing Miami early is that their best players on their team were all just true are all true freshmen, yeah. and so playing them toward the end of the year means that they may figure some things out and have some of those guys in. Playing them at the beginning of the year, you know that you're pretty much getting the same crap roster that you beat by 42 last year. So there's some pros and cons to that. At the end of the day, you can't lose that game. That's got to be a win for Florida State. To me, when I look at the schedule, I mean, you you really need to go, you know, you need to go three and one in September. You need to go four and zero in October, 
And I think at worst, you need to go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in November, right? You know, we'll, we'll see what Florida looks like at the end of the year. We'll see what Pitt looks like um, when we get to November. But, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the way it sets up. If you were to split with the toughest two games on your schedule and go 3-1 and one in September, I, mean, I think you're still in really good shape. Uh, you know, if you ask me, I'd probably prefer to beat LSU just for what it's worth. That's a good question. Let's do that. Would you rather, if you can only beat one, would you rather be LSU or Clemson? So I, I've got, I've actually got two answers, but I'll go with LSU. But I know the argument for Clemson too. Do you, do you want to take the argument for Clemson, or which side do you want here? No, no, I'm on LSU because, like I said a few minutes ago, it, there's so much less pressure on that Clemson game in September if you're three and zero because we know Florida State's going to get a mulligan, right? A twelve and one ACC champs, Florida State gets into the college football playoff, and that's the ultimate goal this year. If you lose to LSU. This is not a team full of players that have had to deal with high expectations, and that pressure might be too much going into Death Valley when you haven't beat them in forever. And if you do lose that game, you assume you're getting a rematch in Charlotte, right? And that's the game you really want to win. So I think LSU, to me, on the surface, eight months out from the season, guys, LSU is the most important game on the schedule to me just because of where it is and what you have waiting for you three weeks after that. So I, I think LSU, if I could only win one of those two games, give me LSU because you're going to get another shot at Clemson in Charlotte. Touchdown, Florida State! Touchdown, FSU! Shout out my guy, Tom. Love the schedule almost as much as I love y'all's input. 12-0 FSU versus 10-2 Louisville. ACC championship game. I think we're going to the ACC championship game. Okay, so yeah. Richie, I'll play the other side of that. I'll, I'll take the Clemson argument. I think I agree with you on LSU, but not only for the side that you mentioned, but also the side that talks about um, the, just the fact of the excitement and – you lose to LSU week one. I'm telling you, nobody's going to that Southern Miss game, as bad as that sounds. And there's just a there's just a deflating, you know, like, ah, uh, you lose that first game. You beat them last year, so you certainly feel like you need to win this year. Um, so that would be my argument for LSU. Here's why I'll go with Clemson. If you beat Clemson, you are in the ACC championship. Yeah. Right? Like, in, and you might knock them out of it. You might not have to rematch them, right? So you might get to play a UNC or – uh, I mean, with the pods, who knows, right? I don't even know how all the pods set up and what they all look like, but you could you could end up playing somebody that doesn't deserve to be there if Clemson drops another one along the way. And so maybe by beating Clemson, I mean, if I offered you right now, you lose to LSU, but you win the ACC without having a rematch against Clemson, I mean, like, I might take that. Because you're going to the playoff then, even if you don't. So if you get the rematch against somebody like Louisville or something like that, I think that'd be pretty absurd. So I don't yeah, know. So, so to me, it's still LSU, but that's my argument for that. So, so just looking, I, I got the, I printed out the composite. I'm, I'm ready to go here today. But oh, man. Looking at Louisville's ACC schedule, they have Georgia Tech, Boston College, NC State, Notre Dame, which uh, I'm not sure if that's going to count as an ACC game or not. I don't think so. It's not. Um, no. Yeah. Pitt, Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Miami. They play nobody. They avoid Florida State, Clemson. Um, I, I mean, Louisville, I forget which one uh, commented on that, but that's very possible. Like oh, you mentioned, yeah. TJ, if we do so, beat Clemson and then they drop another game somewhere else, that's Louisville could go 7-1 and one against that schedule because they avoid all the juggernauts in the conference this year. 
Yeah. So I don't know. Like it might, you know. Now, now let's just beat both, right? Like let's just win both those games, <laughs> right? And then we won't have to worry about it. But yeah, I, I think that I don't think the ACC did us any favors here. I won't dog that, you know. Like that said, when we when I did the schedule breakdown of like the worst and best case scenarios, I still said that Florida State's best case scenario for a schedule was like twelve and zero, and worst case was like ten and two or eleven and one. So like I, even with this, I don't think it's that bad. Like I think yeah. that you know you're you're nitpick. I, so I'm I'm playing I guess like the pessimist or whatever. But you're nitpicking if you think that this schedule is going to be why. I mean, Florida State is going to be favored in um, ten or eleven games this year. The only game I think they won't be favored in is the Clemson game, and I think that would be a three or four point spread. And, so and if, if they beat LSU, yeah. they they could very well be favored in that Clemson game. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I, so that's another point. So I, I don't think the ACC was like, oh, let's try and make it as hard as possible in Florida State. I do think they missed an opportunity to protect the premier brands in Florida State and Clemson, because why not set it up? And I know it's tricky. You have all these teams, right? It's not just Florida State and Clemson you're making schedules for. But do like, it, remember 2013, Florida State and Clemson both had a bye before that showdown in Death Valley. And it was yeah. middle of the season. And obviously the ACC knew at that point, Likely, whoever won that game was going to represent the Atlantic, and nobody from the Coastal had a shot. I think they could have done a better job protecting Florida State and Clemson with the schedule, um, I, like, like they do their like they do their basketball teams, like Duke ex- going on the exactly. road in Week Eight. Exactly. So, um, so it's it's um, a little frustrating that they missed that opportunity because if you're the ACC, you need money. What's the best way to get money? Have a team in the college football playoff. Why not set up Florida State and Clemson with the easiest path possible? But I'm also not going to get upset because they didn't do that. And I don't see anything egregious. Clemson doesn't have a bye before us. You know, they play FAU. But again, they won't play a Power 5 team until Florida State rolls into town. And that might be a bit of shell shock for them. Is the schedule perfect? No. Would I change some things? Yes. Am I mad at it? No. I think it's perfectly fair schedule. And... If listen, if if your aspirations are the college football playoff, you got to win these games anyway. It doesn't matter where they are. Yeah, no, I agree. So I still think FHU goes ten and two or eleven and one at worst, right? Yeah. And I think they've got a great chance to go all the way. I, I Harlan, I, I want to speak um, so that you guys don't think it's me. I do think Florida State's a favorite in that LSU game. I. I, I do think that we're – I mean, last year LSU was a three-point favorite because they played close to home. I think they're going to give us that same th- – I think we'll be a three-point favorite. So not to not to argue too much, but I, I do have us as a slight favorite in that game. Richie, schedule release videos. These are pretty fantastic. And I just want to say, other schools out there – so Duke, I know we'll talk about the Duke one here in a minute. But, like, Clemson and Miami did nothing with their schedule release. Like, it was so boring. Like, I went to the other Twitters and stuff this morning and tried to check them out and see what was going on. I think the way that we did our schedule release videos on social media was really, really fantastic. Um, you know, what were your? Did you, did you have some favorite? Okay, so the Clemson one, we'll we'll roll that one. Um, we're not there's no audio because we don't want to get in trouble for the eye of the tiger that was on there. But Jameis, like you know, the Jameis pre talk, like the guy squinting up at it. I mean, this was fantastic. I, this could not have been any better. Uh, when, J- when Jordan looks at it and he has to squint, oh my goodness, that's phenomenal! Uh, thoughts on the uh, thoughts on the schedule release videos? What a night and day difference our social media department has become from uh, you know a couple years ago with egregious you know posts that you know who okayed that to what they become now. But I, I thought they were really good. 
So I think my favorite one was actually the Boston College one when they have Trey Benson getting ready to work out. He pulls up his Spotify and he plays Shipping Up to Boston. And I'm, I'm partial yeah. because I just think that's a great song. The Departed is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Uh, so I thought that was extremely well done. The Clemson one, as you mentioned, was phenomenal. I, I mean, it's tough, tough to beat. I think greatness. one of the, the low-key ones that was really good was the uh, Wake Forest game with Johnny Wilson hopping on the Harley Davidson? That was just hilarious. That was so <laughs> funny. So, like that was a great. He rides one. on the like doesn't the deep doesn't he ride it on the bike? Isn't that what the, their guy does? Yeah, so he rides it on the motorcycle up at Snuggy Hill. Yeah. Um, and I thought the Miami one was really good, where you know they get the hurricane wow. warning the and it, it kind of yeah. ignores it. It's like a sunny day in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, even, even the Syracuse yeah. one, where you know they're playing Empire State of Mind, so the I, oranges. I thought they yeah. did a really good job with it, and I'm impressed with our new social media department. Uh, we'll talk about Dukes in a second because they had two really good ones, one of them including Florida State. But I thought <laughs> FSU did a phenomenal yeah. job here, so give them credit. Yeah, I thought the uh, – and then – so here's one thing I like too. A lot of them were funny. A lot of them were kind of like, you know, you giggled and stuff. I liked how the Florida one was like all business. Mm -hmm. Like no – nothing funny about it. You know, Brendan Sinone did a great article um, the week of the Florida game. You guys should go back and check it out on Dose 247. Um about how Mike Norvell has never said their name. Like, he's never yeah. mentioned the Florida Gators. Yeah. Or Miami. And uh, yeah. I thought that, you know, you, you even had the funny one with Miami. Um, but, I, you know, the Florida one was all business, all seriousness, like no joking, no no laughs, no ha-has, no nothing Homage else. to Bobby Bowden, just perfect. Yeah, it was so good. It was so well done. So I uh, thought that was really good. Okay, the Duke ones. I tried to upload the Duke video um, that they did for us, but there wasn't enough seasoning on the crab legs, and I couldn't get that one in. Hey, both the Duke ones were funny. I thought Duke's, you know, you're right. Duke is kind of talking a little greasy with the uh, with with being 0-19 uh, all-time against Florida State, but it'll be 0-20 this October, so I didn't really feel that bad. But I People were getting mad at that. I didn't really get mad. I did think that the crab legs looked pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that was funny. I mean, I didn't think that was a big deal. I do think that it's been 10 years and you could probably find new material at this point. But I, I laughed at that. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. At first, uh, when I first saw it, I didn't. it didn't even like register with me because I, I didn't even realize those are crab legs. I'm, I'm like, what, what are these It just these looked things? like the part of the styrofoam. Yeah, and then the, once I realized there were crab legs, I'm like, you know what? I can't even be mad at that. That's a good one. But the, the one I really loved was the Clemson one where they had the players sprinting out he of the tunnel onto the field, just like Dabo. <laughs> like, that was so well done. I'm glad these teams had fun with it because, right, we're eight months from the season. Yeah. The ACC is trying to build up a brand. Who knows how much longer the ACC, as it is today, will remain intact. But And Duke certainly Duke football is certainly not going to save the conference when it comes to football. But shout out to them because I, I enjoy when teams have fun with it. And it's a subtle troll, right? It's not like anything egregious, like they're going after. It's not personal. You know, the Jameis thing is 10 years old now, so I get why people thought that was a little lame. I laughed once I realized what it was. But I enjoyed all the, you know, ACC video releases. And like you said, TJ, I'm a little surprised not all schools took advantage because it sounded or not sounded, but it certainly looked like that was coordinated. And the ACC said, hey, guys, we want you to do something like this. And some schools just kind of ignored it. Yeah, for sure. And I thought they could have done – I thought certain schools could have done better with that. Um, but I'm glad that ours kind of like stepped up and, and actually did something. Yeah, Florida State knew the schedule before it came out. Yeah. So 
you know, having some fun with it on social media. I, again, I was kind of like sick in bed last night and didn't see any of it until this morning, but, uh, it was cool to, to go through and watch them and it would have been cool to, yeah. to see oh, them as they were happening live. Last thing sure I, everybody was kind of on there. Last thing I, I, what are you supposed to do with Southern Miss, right? Like it, there's not a whole lot you can do, but I did love that they had three Mississippi natives for that video. So I, I thought that was cool. It, it reminded me cool. when, when they had, um, you know, Jordan Travis doing the icy whites Louisville. for the Louisville one, you know, having two yeah. Louisville chancers with Jackson that they definitely think things out that there's attention to detail in even down to social media post. And I love it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that again, that was our scheduled talk presented by rebel XP again, Seminole experience. Go check them out. If you're looking for a tailgate, if you're looking for something fun to do, Go check out Rebel XP, Seminole Experience. They will get you taken care of. Again, if you're going to be in town for the spring game, come tailgate with us. You can go to Eventbrite, just type in FSU Football Spring Tailgate, and uh, we will certainly be out there. All right, Richie, you know it's in two weeks. Actually, less than two weeks now. You talked about watching the championship games the other day. Uh, the Super Bowl, yeah. less than two weeks away. Our friends over at Gramco have something special for you guys. They have a Super Bowl box. You can go to their website right now, thegramco.com. It's live. Listen, this Super Bowl box, it's not cheap, but it's for your Super Bowl party. So if you have a bunch of people over, everybody can get taken care of. It's $175. I know that's a lot of money, but it's well over $250 worth of product. Kickoff can't come soon enough. And when you have a box filled with two full-size 30-count gummies, 10 Keef pre-rolls, Gramco's Quick Mix, Delta A, and 10 half milliliter disposable vapes. Your Super Bowl party will be the best in town. You can get all of this for 25% off if you use our code as well. Again, that'll be $250 worth of products for down under around $100, down around $130. Use TJ25 to save 25% off your order. Telling you guys don't want to miss out on this deal. Go to thegramco.com right now and look for the Super Bowl box. If you're not throwing a party, they did add a four count gummy size to the website. So whether you need a big package or like other people are looking for a little bit smaller package, they do have a four count size of the gummies. Gramco has you covered either way. TheGramco.com, TJ25 to save 25%. Whew. I wonder, that, I wonder uh, how box is a good deal. Like I said, I wonder, $250 worth of stuff for like 130 bucks. Again, if you're just shopping for you, that might be a lot. But if you have a Super Bowl party, Go check them out. Did you say um, the water soluble is a part of that package? Part of that package, yeah. Man, I would love to have that on uh, like my buffalo wings. Make my own homemade buffalo sauce. Throw a little bit of that in there and just enjoy the game. That that sounds phenomenal. Yeah, no doubt. I uh, so when the game was in New York a few years ago, actually it's been about ten years now. We threw a Super Bowl party. We made Long Island iced teas. Could you imagine, um, like throwing that quick mix in your? Like your Super Bowl, <laughs> like in your uh, Long Island iced tea, like have it going both ways. No. Um, <laughs> but try it if you um, want. Tread lightly. So anyway, all right, let's get after it. Some recruiting updates, some recruiting news. Um, Florida State got a commitment from TJ Abrams, a four-star wide receiver in the 2024 class. We did a video on him this week, but a really solid pickup from the, for the Knowles. Took their class up to number three in the 247 rankings. Great speed, really, really good route runner. Um Thoughts on uh, the pickup of TJ Abrams, Richie? Yeah, I love it. Anytime you get a player of that caliber in the boat this early, obviously there's concerns because a player like this, uh, other teams are not just going to stop recruiting him. They're going to continue to come after him. And you need to have a solid season. I think Florida State, it, 
is well equipped to do that and hang on to his commitment. But again, you know, he's 11 months from signing his national letter of intent, but a really good pickup in my opinion. And Florida State with some early momentum, I think what I really like is the trend. You know, it's fair to say Florida State's high school recruiting has not been great under Mike Norvell, but what has he had to sell? Now he has 10 wins, a state championship, a win over LSU, and a preseason top 10 ranking to sell. Now I think we get an idea of what he really is as a recruiter because he was recruiting with two hands tied behind his back when he first came here when he couldn't even get players on campus or go visit players because of COVID. Now this year, this 24 cycle, I think is going to tell us what type of recruiting staff we really have. And he's off to a phenomenal start. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, really like where 2024 is going. We've talked about this, how the results from last year would carry over into this year's recruiting class. Speaking of this year's recruiting class, we'll talk about this one as well. Um, yeah, and we just got a comment on it. Um, Dylan Brown-Turner uh, committed yesterday, three-star linebacker out of Texas. Um, we would have had a video on that, but again, I was laying in bed sick all day. We thought, okay, so Richie, I didn't even tell you this. We thought we might be getting another commit last night. Harlan and I were yeah. texting about it and like, I literally couldn't, and it was a commit we would have had to done a video for yeah. like, just like that level. And so I was like, Hey, you better tell Richie, he's got to put something together and he'll, <laughs> he can do it. Like he can, he can do the solo. And then we kind of heard like, ah, oh, you know, not, you know, not, not happening tonight. We're good to go. So you got off tonight, maybe easy last night, but a lot. Yeah. So we'll talk about that one in just a minute, but a lot of folks questioning the take of Dylan Brown Turner. Again, I gave him some love earlier for the, for the Norvell article. Um, I, you know, I won't pretend to know, you know, uh, be able to break down film well enough to really give you guys a, um, uh, a, like an in-depth take on it. Um, but Dylan may or may not have been the most sought after prospect, but you know, Brendan had this take if you go to two, four, seven. And so go check this out. Um, the Knowles have a really good hit rate on lower rated guys. And, you know, I think we're in a, and, and it's around 50%, right? Go, go check out Brendan's article on it. Go check out Brendan's scouting services on 247, you know, Knowles247.com. I won't ruin the whole article. Um, but his hit rate on lower rated guys is pretty good, around 50%, which is much higher than the national average. Uh, and I think we're in a position to be able to trust Norvell here, especially when the transfer portal makes it relatively easy to process guys out. Um, I'd encourage you to go check out that take. Uh, Dylan Brown Turner is not a kid that's going to come in and make an impact this year, maybe not even next year. But if they like him and they think he can develop him for 2024, 25, 26, and him be a pretty solid player that is really good for the Knowles, aka like DJ Lundy, or you know, like they've really done a good job of developing um, uh, Kalen Deloach. Obviously, Randy Shannon did a really good job of developing Tatum Bethune. I think there's some credence to that. And I think that that's something that you can kind of look at. I'm not sitting here telling you that he's going to be any one of those linebackers, but I do think that fans should maybe pump the brakes on their meltdowns and their freakouts for, for a moment. Rich, any, any thoughts on that recruitment? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think just in the era of the transfer portal, it's an interesting take, you know, five years ago, it, it was very common on national signing day. Maybe you were in it for this, you know, high four star and he picks Georgia last minute. So you give a green light to a guy like this to commit with the portal. You can go in there and find someone who can contribute year one. But I know Florida state's been looking for linebackers in the portal and they just haven't found one they like. So I just don't know if it's their confidence level and what they will find in the second round of portals and the third round of portals after spring. But 
I've never sat down and dissected hours of films of high school athletes. I'm not going to pretend to be some expert evaluator. And Mike Norvell, you know, he got some heat for some of the transfers he took, like a Trey Benson. People thought, what are we doing? This guy has six carries in his college career. And we also, he turned out to be, I'm in no position to question Mike Norvell. I'm okay with the take, but it was a little surprising in my opinion. Yeah, I think that if, you know, if the kid can be developed and, and can get to where, um, you know, Mike Norvell and, and the staff thinks that he can get, then I think we'll all be pleasantly surprised. If not, you have the scholar, you know, I think Norvell and them have felt like they had the scholarship to use. Yeah. You'll process them out in a year or two and, and go from there. Like, it, you know, people acting like, what in the world are we doing? How could we ever let this happen? It's just not that big of a deal. Speaking of a big deal, though, there's a lot of buzz around Florida State picking up another five-star kid plays cornerback out of Sarasota, Florida. A lot of people like the Knowles here, and there sounds like a confidence that Charles Lester could be committing soon. Uh, Richie, there are a lot of big dogs in it for Lester. And when I say big dogs, I'm like Alabama, Georgia big dogs. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Some small dogs, too, like Florida. But what are your thoughts on uh, if Florida State's able to in, uh, land their second five-star of the class uh, this early in the cycle? So same thing, extreme excitement, but it's going to be a battle till signing day, right? The collectives are getting involved. They're only going to continue to evolve as, as years go on. But yeah, he's a guy that it's a statement on the trail. If you can get a commitment from him this early, because other recruits take notice and they're saying, whoa, is Florida State like the cool place to go? It's kind of like when Jeff Luke and LaMarcus Joyner committed to Florida State in Jimbo's first class. And then you just had a snowball effect of elite players wanting to jump in. You're getting to that point now where it's early enough in the cycle. Other recruits take notice. And, uh, you know, last summer for Florida State's junior day at Seminole Showtime or whatever they call it these days, it looked more like a UCF class uh, or UCF junior day type deal. They're going to have number one positions in the country or number one players at their position in the country at this summer event. If you keep this momentum up and a guy like Charles Lester, he holds weight on the trail. I love the fact that he's a Florida native. That would be a massive pickup. And it sounds like Florida state's on the verge. Can they close the deal now? Because it's much easier to hang on to a commit than it is to try and flip one down the line. But you have to like where Florida State stands right now on this commitment or recruitment. Yeah, and if we're, yeah, I think that, you know, somebody asked this earlier. Was it Nick? Was it you that asked about two and a half, uh, over under two and a half, five stars? If you get two locked in, you just need one more. Um, so, yeah, maybe that over is looking good. But like you said, there's a lot of time going by between now and then. But I, I think that with the results that we think we're going to see on the field this year, I think we could have a, a pretty special recruiting uh, class. Um, Harlan, what's the question? Let's see. Could Rising Spirit get deal with a recruit or is that only for college kids? Okay, so big picture. Can a um, – I mean, I'll just answer this bluntly. You know, I'm not going to say that Rising Spirit or Battles End or anybody else is, is, is doing this, not doing this, right? Like we won't just – but yes, I mean – in, you know, collectives are doing deals with recruits and saying, when you get on on campus, we are going to pay you this much. And um, that's not necessarily legal, but that's happening everywhere in the world. And that's essentially why Jaden Rashada didn't end up at Florida. A deal was signed. He got to, you know, he was looking at getting to campus and money wasn't paid. And he said, I'm out of here. So, um, 
But yeah, can a collective do that? Yes. Is that happening? Real, real quick. We're not out anybody on this show. So <laughs> no, just, just in just to I'm shine some light on, just to shine some light on that. This is where we really need federal legislation, right? Because it, it varies state by state. So Jade Rashada was able to actually sign a deal because he plays high school in California. If you play high school in Florida, you cannot sign a deal. So it's more of a gentleman's handshake. So it's just such an uneven playing field, state by state by state. You know, I know you've had Chip Lamarco in your spaces, TJ, talking about the need to get federal legislation. I don't think that's coming anytime soon. But if in Florida they said, okay, you can sign a deal with a collective in high school, that's much easier because then you can lock somebody up as long as you actually have the funds that you agreed to pay, unlike Florida had with their collective. But it's just a mess right now. But Florida State, I can tell you, between Rising Spear and Battle's End, their NIL program is very strong. I'd say top 10% of the country. And I do like how Battle's End focused mainly on roster retention because you don't get Jared versus Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, maybe even Johnny Wilson, guys like this coming back without that collective and having a guy like Jordan Travis and Jared Verse, they're essentially two high four stars, high five stars on your roster this year for one year. So again, state by state, it varies, which is where it gets really frustrating, especially for coaching staffs. Yeah. So there's a lot going on with it, but a lot of these agreements are happening. Just, you know, not supposed to, I do think, okay. Which so it's no different than, trader. than 10 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just not coming in a McDonald's bag. Um, <laughs> I do like JoJo Trader. I, you know, if it was to be right now, I like him in Miami, but I do think they're going to go like seven and five this year. And if we go 11 and one, I think we can land him. So, um, you, okay. So good question here on the schedule and then we'll move on and we'll get out of here soon. Make sure you hit that like button. If you haven't already share this to your social media, if you are watching, we're certainly appreciative anytime you do that. Um, have any, do we have any say on when our bye week is under the new conference rules? So for my understanding, the way the schedule works is you can put in requests, but not every one of those requests is going to be or even could be honored, right? Like you, you could, you, you know, everybody's asking for two different, two or three different things and you rank your order of importance. I don't know what FSU's requests would have been. I don't know what they would have asked for. But yeah, so in theory, you could ask for like, hey, I'd love my bye week to be before this game or after this game, right? Like, so I'd love a bye week before Clemson, but if you think that's going to be your most physical game of the year and you think you might get some guys banged up in that game because you go a little harder than any other week, maybe it does make sense to have it after that week. It certainly helped this year to have the bye week after Clemson. We didn't lose again. So even if we were to lose to Clemson, maybe we can repeat that and finish out the rest of the year undefeated. So in theory, yes, you, you do have a say on when your bye week is. Is that your number one priority? Is that the game you're asking for to be a certain week? Are you asking for other things higher priority than that? Um, possibly. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, so, um, do do do. Shout out my guy Rich. Yeah, Rich is a Rich is a member. Um, appreciate my guy Rich um, for his support. They did start a, a new membership thing here on YouTube. So appreciate Rich for uh, for being a member with us here on YouTube. I like that little Florida State logo that he gets next to his name. You can sign up to be a member by hitting the join button right here under the video. If you have any problems with it, shoot us a message and we're happy to help. All right, Richie, we'll do this and then we'll get out of here. I went up to Tallahassee this weekend, had a great time, took the kids by the hoops game. Um, 
the Hoops game stunk to start, and then it was great until the last 15 seconds, and then stunk again at the end. But it was great for like the 32 minutes in between. Yeah, it was uh, it's frustrating, right? Like uh, we start watching the game at the house and we get down, what, 16 to 2? And uh, I'm like, all right, screw this, babe. Like, because we're going to my birthday dinner. So I'm like, all right, let's just go early and sit at the bar before our reservation and then we'll wait to be seated. And then, uh, like, I'm probably a couple hundred feet away from the bar in our booth. And the TV's like a 32-inch TV. So I'm like squinting at it like Jameis Winston in the, the Clemson release video we were just talking oh, about. Um, trying to watch it. It gets interesting to the point I pull it up on my phone because like I have a better picture on the Watch ESPN app on my phone than I do trying to look at the bar from across this way. But yeah, the inexcusable last you know 15, 10, really last 10 seconds from uh, an egregious intentional foul with nine seconds left to burning your last timeout immediately after Clemson just used the timeout. It, it just, it was frustrating. And, you know, I'm glad that we're not in the, we know we're not going to the NCAA tournament right now. Cause right. If we were a bubble team, that's a big win for Florida state that potentially puts you over the hump come selection Sunday. But man, it, they just find ways to lose. It was frustrating. I don't. I don't recall. I, I'm pretty sure Baba Miller was not even on the court on that last possession. Just frustrating. But the woman kind of made up for it on Sunday. And shout out Coach Sue because she got her flowers and she deserved it. And the team came through for her. So shout out Brooke and Sue. Yeah, no doubt. The women's team is amazing. So shout out to them. They really are crushing things right now. And it looks like they're going to be about a four seed. So that'd be pretty incredible. Yeah. They'd get to host. The first two series. Um, shout out my guy Tom. Also just became a member. Again, Let's you can go. become a member right under, right underneath the video. You can hit the join button. I think they make it really easy for you to sign up. I can't do it because it's literally my account. But I think they make it easy. Some of my buddies have done it. So I know that it can't be too tough if some of my friends are doing it. Um, any other questions? Anything else? Dude, yeah, you, got the, you, got the, you should have the logo. Yeah. You got the little logo next to you. You're good to go. Um, question on our kicker. I mean, I know we brought in a kicker that's had some success at the college level to push Fitzgerald. We'll see how that pans out. We'll see who kind of wins in camp. I don't know. We're not – I mean, all, all they have to do this year is kick extra points. So it doesn't really matter who the kicker is. Um, we're, not, we're not settling for any field goals. We're scoring touchdowns on every drive. We might even just go for two because we're that good. Um, all right, Cool. Um, oh, look, we, sorry, Tyler, if you, uh, Richie, you got any shout outs? You got anything before we get out of here? Um, shout out all the new n members. Looks like we had a lot of people joining. I'm, I'm going to have to go join for my personal account here after this. So appreciate everyone. <laughs> appreciate everybody's support guys. It, it means a lot, you know, like subscribe, share with a friend, let them know it. it helps us out more than you can imagine. We gladly do this for free, but you know, any help in growing our channel, we appreciate it. Uh, we're nothing without you guys. So again, thank you all for tuning in every week. Yeah, we, uh, I believe in May of last year, we had about 500 subscribers and there we go. My guy just became a member. Um, shout out my guy. I don't know if you want me to tell your real name, but Berserk just gave, became a member. Um, we had about 500 subscribers in July of last year and um, we're up over 5,500 now. So saw that that's today. been a fun, that's been fun growth. Um, we need to hit, you need to hit like 10K by the time the season starts. So if you're watching this right now, if you're watching it later, whatever, hit the subscribe button. Help us, I mean, the goal is 10K by this point, by the time we beat LSU's brains in. So 
Um, I can go super homer and just repeat that we're going to beat LSU and Clemson all offseason if that'll help you guys subscribe. So <laughs> thank you guys. Hunter, it's just right here on the it's right here on the thing. It's just right <laughs> under just hit the join button. It just should, should show up right under the thing. There's no I don't think there's a link. You have to you have to do it underneath. We'll do it when you come down to a game this year. All right, Rich, you got any closing thoughts? Oh, shout out to members. I don't have anything else either. Um, guys, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you like the videos. Um, we appreciate you guys for hanging out. We're doing a big tailgate for the spring game. So if you're coming to the spring game, again, you can go to Eventbrite and just type in FSU football spring game tailgate. It'll be put on by Double Fries No Slow. We'll have a fun time with that. April 15th, that was announced. Excited for it. We will talk to you guys soon. Again, on that five-star commit, that's coming soon. So make sure you're subscribed so you get that info right away. We will talk to you guys later. Go Noles. Go Noles. <laughs>